0: number three of the john and leah show my name is john Ziegler. my co-host is leah brandon each week we get together for three hours we talk about the news of the week often the events of our sometimes crazy lives and we do so in an entertaining informative and unique fashion to 22 radio stations throughout this formerly great nation of ours and officially since on the east coast it is now uh, march 28th this is also technically i guess my birthday Happy um, birthday, Ziegler. Thank you. Although it's not March 28th where you are in Alabama, and it's not March 28th where I am in Southern California. And I was Soon bo- enough. and I was born in Heidelberg, Germany, so technically it's been my birthday since the beginning of the show. But for <laughs> some reason, <laughs> because it's the East Coast, uh, and the East Coast of the United States is now, I guess you know what it go- all goes back to? It all goes back to our mindset of New Year's Eve. See, on the West Coast, we have this weird thing where we celebrate New Year's Eve at 9 p.m. because we're Correct. watching television and Times Square is the center of the universe. So by that measure, it's now my 49th birthday, which is about pretty much, I'd say, one of the top five most irrelevant birthdays of your life. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but, um, you know, it's, it's it's not 50, which is death. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's the bright no, side. No, 40. Of it.
1: 40 was death.
0: You know, well, we were on the air together at KFI in Los Angeles when I turned 40. And I'm sure you remember how depressed I was that night. I mean, I, I, know. I was incredibly depressed. Um, you know, my life was basically over. Um, weirdly, I spent, uh, after our show that night, I, I spent the rest of the evening uh, with, I think it was three other guys at Barney's Beanery. One of them was Andrew Breitbart. Uh, uh. And uh, Andrew was actually the only one who brought a gift. Uh, which which I'll always remember him for, and of course cool. um, Andrew is no longer with us. Um, and you know, and, and when his, I was, I'm his sorry. His
1: site has been just decimated. Oh,
0: <laughs> it is just it's of the many tragedies of this GOP campaign. What has happened to Breitbart.com is right at the top of the list. Yeah. Um, and so you know, anyway, I'll always remember Andrew for that and a bunch of other things. Um, but, um, you know, when you have my, my outlook on life, birthdays are not necessarily a great thing. Although, you know, I'm doing better than Andrew. I mean, I can, I,
1: you're doing better than Andrew <laughs> and you're doing a whole lot better than you were at 40. So you buck th- up.
0: You think so? Okay. Yes. Really? Buck up, baby. B- based on what? Uh, I, mean, Look, I got, a, I got a daughter. You've
1: got a wife. You've uh, got a
0: daughter. Yeah, um,
1: okay. you've got semi-regular
0: employment. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. You're looking on really on the bright side of things. <laughs> uh, all right. But but in honor of my birthday, we've never done this before. Maybe this will work. Maybe it won't. Um, if, if you have a question, we don't take phone calls in the John and Leah show, but if you have a qu- if you have a question, that's a good one. And you want to share it via Twitter or my Facebook page, which is open. Um, feel free to do so. Ask me a question, and if it's a good one, uh, between now and the end of the hour, I'll get to it uh, in this, the honor of my 49th birthday. But we also have some other news I want to get to, including, speaking of things like the, the Ted Cruz uh, "Quote unquote" sex scandal. Uh, right. You guys, you guys there in Alabama are—we are, know how to do it right. <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, I don't know any of the details except what, what, you know the little bit that you've told me, but it sounds like all hell has broken loose there in the state of Alabama. So give us a taste of what's going on there.
1: Yes, and it, it, it's like throwing a pebble off a mountain. This is going to explode. So this past Wednesday, bombshell accusations. We're talking an affair, and obstruction of justice claims against our governor, Robert Bentley. And if you've seen him, not the most attractive man and very old. Well, the now fired former top cop of Alabama, his name is Spencer Collier. Spencer says that Governor Bentley has been involved with his chief advisor, Rebecca Mason, for more than two years. Now, she's mid-30s, close to 40, something like that. There are audio tapes. You don't want to hear them. You will be nauseous. Apparently, the wife, Governor Bentley's wife, suspected an affair. She left a cell phone recording on the table at their beach house. She went out for a walk, and when she came back, she heard all the evidence she needed. She then gave that tape to Spencer Collier, the top cop, who's now been fired. <laughs> okay. Now, now so, so, so... I made
0: Governor Bentley aware of the, comp- of the recording uh, that I heard. I told Governor Bentley there was no need to try and explain it for anything other than it was. It was very obvious that it was sexual in nature. Governor Bentley simply hung his head and asked for advice and how to get out of it.
1: Well, the next morning, he called Spencer Collier and said, I can't get out of it. Now, he says that Governor Bentley later told him to lie about an ongoing investigation, and Spencer Collier refused to do it, and that was when Governor Bentley ...fired him, and Spencer Collier went right to the microphone to say what you just heard. And then, it wasn't good enough, the governor had to say this.
0: I am truly sorry, and I accept full responsibility. I want everyone to know, though, that I have never had a physical affair with Mrs. Mason. Okay. <laughs> so, so what kind of affair did he have?
1: Oh no, no. See, on the uh, tapes that his wife recorded and hmm. gave to the top cop, he talks about walking up behind her and putting his hands on her chest and all kinds of things. He only made uh, comments. There was no sexual physical relationship. Hmm. Okay. He says, "Yes, I made inappropriate things, but you know, we didn't have this relationship." Also, the chief of staff that he was having the affair with said the exact same thing. He's refusing to resign. She's refusing to step down. She's being paid through dark money. It is the uh, uh, it's a cesspool down in Montgomery. Now we're talking about actually putting in recall legislation, which you guys, Zig, already have. We don't have it. And it looks like we're going to need it to toss this guy.
0: Okay, so there you go. That's the situation in Alabama, which makes the Ted Cruz story seem rather blasey. Really
1: boring. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, keep us updated on the insanity that is uh, the uh, the state, uh, state capital in Alabama. Um, which I'm sure you will do on future John and Leah shows. Now, um, we do have a a few questions coming in on Twitter and Facebook because uh, this is our last hour of the program, and today is my birthday. Uh, Mm I figured we'd uh, jazz it up a little bit, so kind of an Ask John anything. If you have a question, just go to Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Very easy to find, John Ziegler. Or do it through with Leah Brandon, whatever. I'm sure Leah will retweet whatever questions you might have. And uh, if it's a good one, we'll answer it. But I also want to get to a couple more news stories as well. We'll do that when we return on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. Leah Brandon is my co-host. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. If you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, you'll see a brand new music video that was created by a John and Leah Show listener based upon the Bobby Goldsboro song, Hobos and Kings, that we've been using as kind of the Donald Trump campaign anthem Or maybe the Trumpster anthem. It's much better as a music video than it is when we just played the song a couple weeks ago to end the John and Leah show. So make sure you check that out. You can find it on YouTube or just go to our website at freespeechbroadcasting.com. It's at the bottom of the page there. It's definitely worth checking out, and you should do so yourself, Leah. Um, I did mention that because it's now my birthday past midnight on the East Coast, we'll take uh, any questions that are Good, reasonable, and compelling uh, that you have for us on Twitter or on uh, Facebook. And I have uh, several that we will get to, but I have to at least acknowledge, speaking of Trump, the story out of Emory University, U- University this week, which so encapsulates the pathetic nature of academia as well as our politics in this day and age, as well, by the way, and this is being lost by a lot of the coverage of this fiasco. Uh, the, why it is so absurd to think that Donald Trump can win the presidency. For those who missed it, and I, I know you were at least somewhat aware of the story, Leah. Right. Uh, apparently. Oh, yes. Apparently at Emory University—I University. university I don't know why I'm having a problem with the word university. At Emory <laughs> University—university? U- <laughs> wow. I'm just going to say Emory for a rest. At Emory. At Emory. At Emory. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, um, they have a weird—I don't know if it's a tradition, but they certainly do it where— students can sometimes place uh, political messages in chalk. Like, apparently Bernie Sanders has had a lot of pro-Sanders chalk messages. And, of course, if something's in chalk, it's easily gotten rid of. Like, if it's on the, you know, on the ground, you know, just a little water, and it's gone. No, no, it's not like, it's not the same thing as graffiti. It's not permanent right. damage. Anyway, um, there were some chalk signs, apparently within the last week or so at Emory, University that um, that were pro Trump. By the way, they weren't Trump's going to kill illegals or something crazy. It was like (laughs) it was like Trump 2016. I believe that was the nature of the message. Exactly. So so someone had written Trump 2016 in chalk on a few places on the university um, at Emory. And, you know, you might think that this wouldn't be a big deal. After all, universities are supposed to be bastions of free speech, free expression, blah, blah, blah. blah. That's the whole liberal arts thing, which is a bunch of bull crap. It's all gone now in the PC era. Well, no, 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 no. The special snowflakes that are this current generation of college students. Now, this was an invasion of their safe space. This was an attack. This was an attack. No, uh, no, it was a racist microaggression. Oh, I'm sorry, a racist micro microaggression to Correct. their sensibilities because they had to see in chalk the words Trump 2016, which, by the way, has been on a ca- every cable news network almost 24/7 for the last. It's a eight trigger months.
1: warning. It's a trigger warning. <laughs>
0: So so, so they're not allowed to watch cable television? No, uh, no. Uh, and, Where's my safe space? Where's uh, my safe space? And, and you think we're kidding, right? You think we're exaggerating. No, 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 no. There were protests at the office of the president of Emory yeah. University, and they they said exactly what we just said. They demanded action. And get this, because the president of Emory University is a white male, and he's... A president of a university. And he, he do not want to be thrown out. He's, his, his automatic inclination, his knee-jerk reaction is to cave like a like a cheap suit, whatever, whatever the cliche is, to completely buckle. And um, he gave in and said, oh, yes, you're right. This is outrageous. He promised to actually use surveillance video to track down the perpetrators as if some horrible crime had been committed here and potentially give them over to authorities. Uh, I'm
1: telling you, we have, there's no way there's no way Donald Trump
0: can win. Well, that's the other point. See, <laughs> see the right-wing media, so I saw Fox News Channel, God. they saw this as the issue of, my gosh, boy, liberal academia and what happened to free speech and the double standards, all of which, by the way, are incredibly important and legitimate issues. But there's the other issue that you just put your finger on. How in the world do you win a presidential election when students aren't allowed to write your name in chalk? Without causing a national uproar. By the way, this is not an isolated incident. In Iowa, there were high—did you hear about this? There were high school students who got hugely reprimanded. It became a national story. Their own school denigrated them because, for some reason, they started chanting Trump's name at a high school basketball game.
1: Exactly.
0: And it was—it was his name in liberal academia has been deemed effectively. To be a racial epithet, it's a racial epithet. You can't win the presidency when you, even though it's completely unfair. I acknowledge it's totally absurd and unfair. It's well, the it's left just is really ridiculous.
1: good with that. I'm sorry? They're really the left is oh. really good with that.
0: Oh yeah. They make you it's impossible for you to be effective because they just make you toxic. They you yes. know, they turned you into a toxic element. Um yep. and you know, you you're literally now they've turned Trump's name into some sort of a, a racist a racist attack. Um, yep. and and this is you know, it hasn't reached enough to where it's in the mainstream, but it's in academia. By the way, it's it's darn close to being the case in the golf world. I've talked about this before. In the golf world, it's as conservative as it gets. But when Trump hosted a major golf tournament a few weeks ago at Doral in Miami, the players wouldn't even talk about him. I, I mean, I'm so, I was surprised they even shook his hand on the first tee. The NBC, which has broadcast Trump at the Ralph for the last several years, and usually Trump is a huge character in their telecast, he was he was barely seen or mentioned, and the place is named for him. He because
1: is... he wants to build a wall. Yeah,
0: well, you know, <laughs> I know it's amazing. Which we already it's have. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: just flat <laughs> out ridiculous.
0: I mean, it is ridiculous, but it also shows. How and why he cannot possibly win in this day and age, playing in the rules that have been created by the mainstream news media for national presidential elections. All right, when we come back, I've been promising, and I always keep my promises, I'll answer some of your better questions via Twitter or Facebook, since this is my birthday. If you have a question that you deem interesting, and we do as well, we'll answer it in the final half hour of this edition of The John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freeSpeech broadcasting.com and uh, since it's just turned to march 28th on the east coast where we're heard on several stations uh, and that makes it march 28th which happens to be my 49th birthday we're doing things a little bit differently in this the final two segments of the program we've given you an opportunity to ask questions via twitter or facebook and uh, anyone that wants to ask, can, if it's a good enough question, compelling enough uh, to me, since it's my birthday, I get to make these You calls. get to pick and choose. Right, right.
1: So, so you can ask, but it better be good. Well, you
0: know, there's no repercussions if it's bad. I just won't ask the question. I just won't answer the question. But um, we've gotten plenty <laughs> of good questions, and you can still have time to respond via Twitter or Facebook uh, to either me or Leah and ask your question. And, and by the way, if someone uh, gets if, – Leah, if you find a question that you think is worthy of – of being asked or answered, uh, feel free to, uh, to share it in these final two segments. Um, clearly, at least one of those who has responded to this inquiry is a Louisville listener uh, because it was on WHAS in Louisville, where we're still heard uh, tonight, um, at least hopefully we are, uh, is where I originated, Ask John Anything, and where oh, yes. I and where I was actually fired and later sued for an Ask John Anything segment. Although I yes. ended up winning the lawsuit unanimously and quite uh, famously in Louisville. But uh, Rick, who clearly is from Louisville, uh, says, "If a question uh, during the segment goes wrong, will you have to fire yourself from your own show?" <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best Yeah. Question. What will happen Well see that's the beauty That's why it's called free speech broadcasting Because I, I can't get fired I mean, I mean this show could still be ended other ways but I can't get fired because I'm the CEO of the corporation. That's that's why I'm doing this. This is why this I is the love best. It. This is why this is the best radio show in all of weekend radio, probably weekday <laughs> radio because no one else can say that. All right, anyway, um, you see because it's my birthday, I can let my hair down and be a little bit more egotistical and narcissistic than normal, which is quite res- wow. quite remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> For a talk show host. All right, so uh, let's get to actual questions. Here's an interesting one. Wow, we could do three hours on this one. Will asks, What is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish in life? Now, oh my gosh. Now, I'm not sure. Sh- it's possible that this really isn't Will, that this is actually my wife under an assumed name, wondering yeah. what the heck my goal is. <laughs> what, what am I trying to accomplish? What is your goal? I'd kind of like to know what your goal is because I haven't the foggiest. Well, um, are we talking globally or specifically? Um, you know, specifically, I have. Uh, Several goals, my, you know, with regard to this show, I'd like to make this show a success. Uh, That's going to be a tough, tough ask, but it's, you know, (laughs) I I don't take on easy projects, but uh, that would be a goal. Um, Also, career wise, uh, you know, ideally, I would like to get into a situation where my voice can be heard in a a more authoritative platform at some point. Um, Also, specifically with regard to career goals, I guess you'd put this under career. Uh, I've made no bones about it that I still have as a goal justice in the Penn State story. Uh, I know for 99.9% of people, that's an old story that no one cares about anymore, but the media totally blew that. Uh, I know what actually happened. I have the proof. I have more proof that I have not yet revealed um, and then and still working on it and you know if we live in a remotely just world I will bring justice to that case if, if you told me right now I could accomplish I'm
1: sorry we don't live in a remotely just
0: world I'm aware of that but if you told me right now Leah if you said right now Zig you're gonna th- that you are gonna cause justice to be done fully in the Penn State story but get no credit for it. And accomplish nothing else in your life, will you take it, career-wise? I'd take it. Yeah, you'd take it. I would take it. I would I would absolutely take it. That's how strongly I feel about what happened there. It, it's the greatest injustice not involving a direct death that I have ever even heard of. The whole thing, from top to bottom, and I'm positive of it. And I've devoted my life to trying to fix that, even though I know there's no chance of success. <laughs> <laughs> at all there is no chance of success because i'm going uphill into the wind on ice with lead bricks around my feet and uh you know that's, and You're that's on kind a good of a
1: masochist day. in a way
0: no it's not it i believe me i wish i wish i could hit a softball pitch from once once in a while believe me I, I dream of getting a softball pitch once in my career it, it's just that you know i'm built differently all right you know my my <laughs> For better or for worse, I'm a product of my mother. You know, it's weird that m- moms don't get thought of more on somebody's birthday, but I always think about my mom because at my birthday, she was the star, not me. Right. Um, and, you know, my mother had a huge influence on who I was. And she was she told me several things, whether they were true or not or whether they were good advice or not is open to debate. But they had an, an enormous impact on me. And, and one is only care about being able to look at yourself in the mirror. If you know what you did was right, that's all that matters. Don't give a damn what everybody else says, because most people don't care, don't know, and don't have a clue. So you only you knows, know for sure. And uh, and she also instilled in me that the truth ought to matter, that the truth has value, and that if you honor and value the truth, everything else will work out. Now, that last part was false.
1: <laughs> well, that, that was back in the day.
0: Right. That was a different era. Um, yes. The truth no longer has any meaning. No. And so— so anyway, that you know, I, I really don't care. I honestly don't care what people think of me, and that and that actually is incredibly liberating. I have I have no desire to be loved, at all.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I really, well, that's because you're already married and you have a kid. No, so no, no, no that's they all that matters. No, they don't
0: love me. My my my, my <laughs> wife and kid don't love me. They pretend to at times, but they don't love. No, no. Oh n- yeah, they n- do. No, they do not no 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 no. look i i i don't i disdain human love i because i disdain human beings i so your love is no of no value to me (laughs) don't don't give me your love i don't care respect has some value but only to certain from certain people i value the respect of like eight people maybe (laughs) that's about it that's about it that i've that i've learned that i've met in my 49 years on this planet I, i i you know their respect means something i agree
1: humans are a big problem (laughs) they suck
0: human beings are terrible it's the number one thing i've learned in life is that homo sapiens are a horrific species they are all right so um and so in the bigger picture though outside of the career i would say my my number one goal or what i'm trying to accomplish is to make sure that my daughter is provided for taken care of given the opportunity to live a good life, given the firm foundation, to be happy. that That's my, my daughter is pretty much okay, that's my, worthy. My, my non-career goal. Uh, other than that, I'm not sure what else there is. Um, okay, uh, next question. Um, this is a totally different one. Uh, this one is actually good. This is from Matt. Uh, if Hillary had affairs with no. men... <laughs>
1: I love how he has to make that clear.
0: Right, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> if Hillary had affairs with men, would it actually boost her poll numbers? <laughs> well, I don't know about the polls involved.
1: That's a great <laughs> but, question.
0: I mean, I don't. I can see a lot of polls not necessarily being boosted by the thought of sex with Hillary. <laughs> but, but let's say theoretically that happened. I I agree with his implied uh, perspective on this, which is yes. I think that if the National Enquirer came out with a plausible—by the way, no one would believe it. That's the funny no part. No one would believe they, it. They, you could—the National Enquirer could come out with the exact same "quote-unquote" sourcing they have on Ted Cruz, and no one would believe it. That Hillary. You is, know what,
1: it, it would kind of be repulsive. I
0: don't think any poll numbers would go up. I think it would slightly. I think um, it would humanize her. She would obviously get a, a total pass. No one's going to blame her, right, because of what Bill did to her. The, you'd, you'd have a, more enthusiasm among certain elements of the female population going, you go, girl. No. Uh, um, I think it would help her with older women who think, wow, she can still have sex. Uh, but mo- <laughs> most importantly, I think it would humanize her. I mean, because that's her biggest problem. She doesn't appear... She's not human. She's not a human. So for her to actually have human desires, wow, that's a plus. So I agree that um, if that happened, which no one would actually believe... (laughs) By the or way. do. <laughs> Nor probably do, uh, that that would help her poll numbers. All right, um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I've got a few more good questions to answer on this my birthday. If you have a question, it's still time for you to ask it via Twitter or Facebook. Easy enough to find me, John Ziegler, or Leah Brandon, and do so right now. And we'll, if it's a good one, we'll get it to you in the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com, where tomorrow morning you can catch the podcasts via both SoundCloud and iTunes. Of this and all, of, You can actually right now, you can catch all the past uh, programs from the last uh, six months or so. At freespeechbroadcasting.com, it's my birthday, so we're doing something a little bit different this final hour. Kind of doing an Ask John Anything via questions submitted on Twitter and Facebook. <clears throat> uh, I have, I kind of, I guess this is two different questions, but they're related, so I'll answer them together. One person wants to know uh, how Mark Emert, the president of the NCAA, with whom I, <laughs> who I have confronted along with NFL Hall of Famer Franco Harris, over the Penn State story in person, that was a trip. Um, <laughs> how he still has a job, and what I think is going to happen in the NCAA uh, Final Four. Uh, with regard to Emmert, the, the question is, um, uh, obviously, it's rhetorical. Um, the guy is completely incompetent. I mean, he, he was an imbecile. I mean, come on. He, he was an absolute idiot imbecile, right? Idiot uh, <laughs> I, when I When I confronted him with Franco Harris, I actually went in thinking that he must at least have a clue about the facts of the story that that he grandstanded on and basically gave Penn State the death penalty for in record time with no evaluation, he didn't have a clue, not a clue. And he has done so many incredibly idiotic and stupid things, but the NCAA is making money and that's all they care about. And and this actually relates to the Final Four because in the Final Four, North Carolina is going to be playing Syracuse in one of the semifinals next weekend neither of those schools should even be in the ncaa tournament syracuse um by the by the skin of their teeth was even allowed to play this year their coach jim boeheim was suspended for numerous games because of a 10-year scandal that embroiled numerous elements of the basketball program their academics they were cheating all over the place it's an absolute joke that they are allowed to play north carolina the same thing they they, they created an african american studies class that was nothing more nothing more than a scam to keep basketball players eligible, and they were, knew they would get away with it because no one would give any scrutiny to an African-American studies program. Correct. Because that, that would be racist. Racist. Right. And so uh, and one of the star former players has, has totally spilled the beans. ESPN did a whole expose. Nothing. Why? Well, Syracuse and North Carolina make a ton of money for the NCAA because all the NCAA's profits come from the basketball tournament. Football means almost nothing to them because they don't own football. That people don't oh. people don't know that. People don't know that. It's all about it's all about basketball. So because North Carolina and Syracuse are huge moneymakers, they get a pass. Football, they de- football, they destroy Penn State because NCAA doesn't make crap on football. Um, and 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 you know, it's I could talk for hours about the injustice there. But uh, interestingly, you know, we often joke that there's a six degrees of separation in, in many big stories. This is this is a stretch. This six degrees of separation. But I do have a, a six degrees of separation to the Villanova Oklahoma game. Um, not just because I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia and I went to Georgetown and. Villanova beat Georgetown famously in 1985, and I was actually rooting for Villanova because I was about to go into Georgetown. My parents had gone to Georgetown, and I was kind of rebelling. I was rooting for the local team. It was (laughs) the biggest upset. But here's the funny story. This is a a great story. I
1: got Oklahoma to win anyway.
0: Okay. Well, I'm I'm rooting for Villanova, and here's why. Their their head coach is a guy by the name of Jay Wright. Jay Wright um, went to high school. At the high school, I should have gone to, except I went to the Catholic prep school. I went to a Catholic prep school outside of Philadelphia called Holy Ghost Prep. All right, long story short, Jay Wright, the coach at Villanova, was a basketball star, went to college, and then he went into coaching. Well, at first, he started to coach at his old high school, uh, Council Rock, and we would play against Council Rock in the summer leagues at Holy Ghost, and I was a very short I'm six foot two now but I was short at the time and a very mediocre athlete and our basketball program was really good so I couldn't play basketball but I loved basketball so I was the manager of the basketball team of uh, course you were right. only, only I, I took the term manager to a completely different level as you might expect yeah, I, bet. I, I was I was basically everything that you could possibly imagine a manager could be sports information director assistant coach whatever whatever <laughs> I also helped run the summer league and anyway, long story short this is my, this is my brush with with semi-greatness so we're playing council rock being coached by jay right now the coach at villanova who's playing in the final four next week and um and our team at holy ghost only has four players show up so i'm i'm running this the the summer camp uh because you know i'm the manager of the basketball team that was one of my jobs i get get paid for because it's in the summer and so i'm i'm a holy ghost student i say give me a jersey so i play as the fifth guy and we win and I actually scored like 10 points. Good and, gosh. And, and, and so we beat Council Rock. We beat Jay Wright's team. But this is that's not why I'm telling the story. So I go get my clothes changed because I got to keep score for the next game because I'm running the summer camp. And I walk past Council Rock's uh, huddle. where Jay, And Jay Wright is pissed. And literally <laughs> just as I'm walking by, he starts screaming at his team. You lost to a team that had to play their G-damn manager! <laughs> so Hey, he noticed you! <laughs> so, so that's my, my very small connection to Villanova. By the way, uh, playing in the Final Four next weekend against Oklahoma, so I'll be rooting for them. Also, by the way, their star player, who happens to be a white guy, Is also from the very same area of Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where I am. He's from Langhorne, Pennsylvania. And the funny part about that is you're going to see a lot of coverage of this guy because he's actually a white American. And they, they're like, oh my God! There's a white American playing basketball. Oh, basketball, <laughs> and he's a star. Wow! Uh, we can't we can't spell his last name, but it's good enough. We'll take it. So um, I, I don't know who's going to cool. win. I have I have no idea who's going to win. I'll be rooting for Villanova, but uh, I, my guess is that Oklahoma will beat them, and it'll probably be Oklahoma and North Carolina in the finals. All right. Um, next question. That's who I have. That's who you have from the, my bracket. From I'm the, the, the only
1: person that's the only. I'm the only person. It's it's up on our website. Everyone else's brackets busted. I've got Oklahoma UNC.
0: So if it's an Oklahoma UNC final, you're the winner.
1: For no, sure. I mean because because other people may have more points along all the way along. No, but, but
0: Leah, if you're the only person that has Oklahoma and North Carolina in the final, that's going to be hard to beat.
1: Yeah, well, I can't win because we're doing it with uh, listeners, so you know. Oh. Uh. They're trying to beat us.
0: Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> let's see. Next question. Jeff wants to know about Trump's vice presidential nominee. This I don't have a good answer for. Oh. Um, and I think I, I'm fascinated by it because when you think about it, it, it might um, be a position that's unfillable. Because, you, first of all, the number of people who are qualified and who would want to do it and who would Zero. have and who would have the personality type to be able to be the number two for Donald Trump. I, I can't think of anybody. I, I mean, I think Ben Carson might have the right personality type and he's obviously endorsed Trump and he's black. So that's helpful. I don't personally think he's qualified to be president or vice president, but Trump re- referenced him or compared him to a child molester right how does how do you that's Chris
1: Christie I mean those two would like bang heads constantly that
0: would be an incredibly dumb ticket they're both basically from New York City liberals for all all intents and purposes New York New Jersey liberals uh that ain't good that dog's not gonna hunt Mm -hmm. um and they're too much alike um and, and so I don't I mean maybe Carson they can get past the child molester thing I don't know the only person that makes any sense from an electoral college standpoint is, is Kasich because he's from Ohio, oh. and, and Trump hasn't really said anything horrible about Kasich, but Kasich has essentially gone as far as you can go in saying, I will never be – uh, trump's vice presidential nominee basically laughing at the concept now i guess it's theoretically possible he could walk that back but it would be a really tough one to do i i, I i'm sure that there's going to be an inclination for him to try to find a woman but what woman would possibly be both qualified <laughs> and willing oprah. to do it?
1: remember he's going to go back and choose oprah that was his yeah. 1999 choice
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm sure you never be- know I have, I yeah, that's exactly. The bottom line answer is I don't know. I do not know. Uh, we have another person who wants to know whether there's an update on um, whether or not my wife and I are going to have another kid. That was um, my question. Uh, we have no substantive update. Still trying. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm, I'm getting a bit more pessimistic. I think my wife is as well. But uh, we're still trying. Um, but so thanks for asking, and thanks for all the questions. I, I had a couple more here that I didn't have time for, but maybe we'll do this again sometime. This was pretty fun. Maybe once a month we'll do Ask John. Anything via we t- Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Leah, as always, um, enjoyed it, and I look forward. I
1: enjoyed it too.
0: I'll enjoy. I'll, in- I'll, enjoy, I'll enjoy talking <laughs> to you next week as well. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Our podcast will be up at FreeSpeechBroadcasting. tomorrow morning. Until next Sunday, have a great week. I'm John Ziegler. So long, everybody. And happy birthday. Hey.